Hey lovers, welcome back to another episode. Today I am talking about my most requested topic since day one. I remember when I first was thinking about starting a podcast and I had asked for requests either for podcasting or for posts and when I usually do these polls and I ask you guys what you want to hear, the majority of the answers are related to this topic and it's taken me a while to gather information to be able to talk about this, to gather my thoughts on this, um, to give myself the time to experience this so that I can actually talk about it from a perspective of actually having experienced it and gotten through it. But before we get into this topic, before I tell you what the topic even is, I want to encourage you to remember to take charge of your sexual health. And I have found a really easy way to do that with at-home testing kits. I use Everlywell. I have a discount link for you guys. You can get up to 25% off of your first kit. It's really easy. You can pick exactly what you want to test for and you just order your kit, collect your sample, send it back to the lab, and you have your results within, mm, mine come in about like two to three days. You get a text or an email and your results are right there. And um, yeah, it's super easy. So I highly encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. It's also more cost effective. Um, so give it a try. Click the link in the show notes and try it out. All right, I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's get right into it. This is Polly in Real Life, a polyamory and sex podcast. So I'm sure by now you're wondering, please tell us what is this topic that everybody's been wanting to hear about? And that is probably the the most common thing that many of us experience in all relationships. I would say not in just monogamous relationships, but definitely in polyamorous or open relationships. Um... And I also feel like this is the one thing that drives people away from even trying non-monogamy. And if you haven't guessed it by now, it is jealousy. This is the one thing I get requested to talk about the most um, as far as experiencing it, how to get through it, how to support your partner, how do I handle it personally? And I've done a few polls on my Instagram page to get a little bit more information about how other people experience jealousy, how they get through it, so that I can really give you guys valuable information. Um, I don't just want to talk about what it is because I think we all know. We've all been there. Anybody who says they haven't, ever experienced jealousy or they don't is lying in my opinion um 
I think we've all been there. So I want to start off by sharing some of the poll results for my most recent poll that I did on Instagram. Um, And the first one was, I asked the question, do you ever experience jealousy in your relationship? And, you know, I I predicted that the percentage was going to be higher for yes than no. And uh, the results were 66% of people said yes, whereas 34% of people said no. And the next question I asked was, how do you identify the relationship, monogamous or non-monogamous? Now, my audience is uh, mostly non-monogamous, so I was expecting for this to be higher, and I was correct. Um, So 18% of people said they were in a monogamous relationship, whereas 82% of the people said they were in a non-monogamous relationship. Um, So what this tells me is that many of us are experiencing jealousy, whether you are in a monogamous relationship or not. Um, So, you know, the, the results are pretty predictable in that aspect, I think. Um, And then I asked about triggers, which I will be getting into a little bit later. Um, So things or events that may cause this reaction. Um, So I want to talk about how does jealousy even present itself? And in my experience, it's usually an event Something happens that triggers this super quick mental process. Then it becomes this whole body experience that feels absolutely awful. Um, and then it's, it's, you know, almost a whole day of working through it. Um, and it just happens so quickly. And, and again, I, I really think, I talk about the subconscious mind quite often, but I really think a lot of our emotional responses are because of beliefs that are just so deeply ingrained into our subconscious minds. And I think this is the case when we experience jealousy. Um, our emotions are physiological responses to certain events or things that people say are communicating to us this belief that exists in our subconscious mind. It's trying to get our attention, saying, hey, something's going on here. It's firing something up in your mind that you probably don't even know exists. And so jealousy can actually become an opportunity for you to tap into that and see, okay, what is this experience trying to show me? What is this emotion trying to show me? Why is this event so triggering? And once you start asking all of these questions, you know, you just go deeper and deeper and deeper. You can get to the root of your belief. And if it's a belief that you don't think is true anymore, then you can start to work on changing it to something that feels more true to you. Um, It could also be a boundary that you have that you didn't know you had, and now you do. So now you can express these boundaries. Um, And boundaries is a whole nother topic. I'm definitely going to be doing another, an episode about boundaries. But 
so it's um, basically where I'm getting at is feeling and experiencing jealousy is a really good opportunity to get a, a deeper, more introspective look into ourselves, into our beliefs, into, you know, those, those murky waters in our subconscious mind. And I find the process really interesting because if you don't know your trigger yet, you're not going to know it's happening until you're already in it. Um, but once it happens multiple times and you start to learn your triggers, then you can work around them or you can, it's easier to see it coming and it's easier for you to handle it and manage it much better and be able to communicate better about it. Um, so I would say that's the first step into handling jealousy is to start asking yourself those questions. And I know it's so much easier said than done uh, because, for example, for me, um, when I fall into like that spiral of jealousy, it happens so quickly. Once I'm past a certain point, it's almost like I can't get myself out of it. I need somebody else to ask me those questions and help me pull myself out um, because I still haven't learned how to pull myself out once I'm in such a spiral of anxiety and and despair and it really is an experience that is felt in the body and I've talked to some people about this and um, they've expressed you know a feeling the same way where it's this like feeling in in your heart space like a stabbing pain in your chest and a turning in your stomach, like this pain where you almost feel like physically ill. Um, personally, my, my face gets hot. It's almost like a, like an adrenaline rush at the same time, but then it's also anxiety in my chest and then my stomach hurts. And, um, when, when I think about this in, energetic terms, um, you know, your stomach is your, um, your power center. And in that moment of jealousy, what, what really is happening is I feel like I'm losing power. Um, and then the anxiety in the heart space, it's almost like you feel unloved. It's like all your shadows are coming up as to why you may not be worthy in that moment, why you may be um, unlovable. And all of these shadows come up in different scenarios. But when you look at it deeper, that's really what it is. It's really your, your being expressing to you all of the areas in which you are feeling powerless, in which you have beliefs around not being love or not being lovable. Um, and shadow work can really help with this to, uh, help, help to change some of those beliefs. And once you know those and can start working on those, it becomes a little bit easier. Also, another thing, um, when you have conversations to pe with people about polyamory or non-monogamy, you know, I feel like a very, very common response is, oh, I could never do that. I get too jealous. Um, so, you know, it's, it's this, thing, this idea that 
I mean, people really avoid it. People really avoid feeling jealousy, but they still feel it in their monogamous relationships. Um, And the triggers are really no different in a monogamous relationship versus a polyamorous relationship because they're based off of your beliefs, uh, your subconscious beliefs. So no matter what, the trigger I feel like is always going to be the same. And the response is always going to be the same until you start doing the work to uh, shift shift those beliefs, the feeling, the perspective. Um, and basically in my relationship, you know, every time that I have this like outburst of jealousy, I'm always like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Like, is this working? Should we keep going with this? And uh, my partner always reassures me, yes. And then, you know, once I'm, I'm more calm, I realize, you know, these moments of jealousy don't happen often at all. Um, and they're definitely opportunities for us to grow as individuals, but also as, as partners. Um, and really the, the pros outweigh the cons. Um, these are things that we're willing to get through. We're willing to show up in these moments, work through it to make our non-monogamous arrangement work, you know, more long-term. So that's another thing. You have to be willing to sit with those feelings, to ask yourself the questions. You have to be willing to get through it. And it's a choice that you make. And obviously, you know, the people who aren't even willing to try non-monogamy, they're making that choice and that's okay. They're making the choice to not experience that as often, not get through it as often. Um, and that's okay. We all have that choice. And I think when we go into non-monogamy, I think we, um, we already go into it knowing that this is going to happen. But when it actually does happen, it does kind of throw us off our center a little bit. So now I want to get into talking about what our triggers are. Um, A lot of people answered this and I was really excited to read, you know, everyone's experience. Everyone has a different experience. Um, And it's so interesting. And that's why I love doing these questionnaires and these polls just to get a different perspective because I know that my perspective isn't the only one. And, um, it's a good way to connect with other people too, but I'm going to read some of the answers. So we have toxic metamors, um, that can be a trigger, emotional intimacy. I'm assuming maybe with somebody else can be a trigger. Um, when I'm feeling down and my two partners are together and they can't support me having a physical relationship with another girl, NRE, this is a big one, new relationship energy. Um, when somebody is in an a new relationship. I know that's something that triggers me a little bit. Um, when, you know, your partner is so high off of this new connection and sometimes they can even neglect you a little bit, that can definitely trigger some feelings of jealousy. Other answers that I got were lack of transparency and for sure, like reassurance and transparency, honesty, communication are so key in preventing these outbursts, um, or at least in helping you get through the, uh, these bouts of jealousy. Other answers we got were 
not getting enough attention, abandonment, needs not being met, changes to our relationship, and sex. Um, This is a good one, the needs not being met. Usually when we have a, a significant emotional response, such as jealousy, it does stem down to a need, some need not being met, whether you know it or not. Again, this is all stuff that lives in your subconscious mind. So that's why it's super important to do the work to figure out what is living in there. Um, because then you can take the driver's seat and and uh, manage these things a little bit better. Um, let's see what else. Feeling replaced, <clears throat> feeling excluded, fear of being left. When my primary partners meet new people who are not familiar yet with consensual non-monogamy. I can totally understand that worry. Um, it can be a, a little bit of a, a challenge when non-monogamous people end up getting into relationships with monogamous people who who have no experience in open relating. So I can see how that can be a trigger. Um, lack of communication again. Um, being lied to. So again, that's the lack of transparency uh, and a, a lack of clear and constant communication. So we can see that from these answers... Uh, Many of us have similar triggers, but the underlying theme is that jealousy is stemmed in fear. It's some kind of fear or an unmet need. Um, So for me, I personally struggle the most when my partner goes on a first date. Um, This is because I don't have reassurance about the other person or what role they will play in our dynamic. Um, And then my partner doesn't really know them that well either since they're getting to know each other. So, you know, he's less able to give me that reassurance. Um, And another thing that I really, really struggle with is the disrupting of our schedules. So... Um, for example, if, if things like if a date gets scheduled very last minute and then we kind of have to move some things around in the schedule, um, this isn't so much jealousy for me as, as it is more of an anxiety to disrupt my schedule, but then it starts with the anxiety about the schedule and then it turns into jealousy. It turns into this crazy spiral of, oh, you're willing to like completely disrupt our daily life, our schedule for somebody else because you're choosing somebody else. You're not choosing, you know, to be at home with us. And um, it sounds kind of silly when I think about it, but in when I'm in the moment, it feels very, very real. And I think what I'm learning is that I need to remind myself that just because I'm feeling these really, really strong emotions does not make them true. Just because I'm perceiving that he's choosing somebody over me doesn't make that true. Um, Just because I'm perceiving that my whole day is going to go to shit because one thing gets changed does not make it true. Um, 
And I know that stems in control issues um, with the scheduling thing. I've very recently learned that about myself, that right now, um, sticking to my daily routine, sticking to having a schedule is how I feel in control because a lot of other things in my life I've lost control over. And uh, so it's a little bit stronger now. But, you know, I've talked to my partner about what I need in, in that moment and really, really what I need when I'm having my moments in jealousy is for my partner to ask, what exactly is worrying you right now? And then I'm able to vocalize maybe like, oh, I'm afraid that, you know, you've just disrupted our whole schedule by scheduling a last minute date. And then I'm also afraid that you won't be back in time for us to, you know, for us to spend that time together or for us to do what we had planned later on. Um, So you can see right there where that belief is stemmed in fear, being afraid of not getting my time, being afraid of being left out. Um, That's another thing that causes jealousy because sometimes I would like to hang out with my partner and their partner, but, you know, and I'm just like, but that's their time. I don't have to be invited all the time, but sometimes I want to be, and that's okay. I think this is something we all experience. Um, And... I think that's that's the majority of my jealousy and where it stems from. It's more in fear of, well, then I'm not going to get my time if they get their time or like, so basically in that moment, I just need reassurance. I need the transparency. I need, I need to know that the person, you know, my partner understands like, okay, I see that you're really anxious. I see, you know, that you're afraid. What can I do to reassure you? And in that moment, I can ask exactly for what I need and they can choose to provide that need or not um, because that's another thing I'm learning is that just because you ask for a need to be met doesn't mean the person has to meet that need. You know, they can always choose to say no if it's beyond their boundaries. So, but usually um, my partner is able to reassure me sometimes. I mean, this is something that he um, is working on. It's hard for him to kind of step into that role of asking these questions to get me out of this spiral, but um, we're working on it. And it's something that I know is not going to come easy overnight and every single situation is a little bit different. So what I have learned is that you cannot get through jealousy without communication. If you choose to keep it all in, if you choose to just stay in that anxious, fearful space, it's not going to do anything for you. And you're just choosing to experience that the same way every single time. And I think building up that feeling over time can eventually cause resentment, which then can cause quite a bit of strain in the relationship itself. So I don't recommend bottling it in. I don't recommend staying quiet about it. Um, I do think at first 
the outbursts may be emotional. They may be more reactive than responsive, and that's okay. Um, but I think the the goal is to get to a point where you know what kind of questions to ask yourself, where you know your triggers and you know what you need in that moment so that you can communicate that to your partner. And I have been reading a book called The Codependency Recovery Plan by Crystal Mazzola. And in this book, the author talks about um, a type of communication that is very clear it is respectful. It's not a type of communication where you're pointing fingers at the other person, you're using I statements, and it can create a very safe space to communicate your needs and your feelings. And this is called nonviolent communication. So I want to read a little bit from this book. If you have the book or if you want to get it, again, it's um, the Codependency Recovery Plan. And this is on page 104. Um, and this is a chapter on open, clear communication. Um, okay, so nonviolent communication, or NVC, provides an effective alternative to resorting to passive aggression or aggression when stuck in a disagreement. This model includes four components, observation, feeling, needs, and request, as well as two parts, empathy and honesty. The basic outline is to say something like, when I see blank, I feel this emotion because my need for blank is unmet. Would you be willing to blank for this personal need? So this is a really simple way to express what is going on. Um, so if you just remember those things, observation, feeling, needs, and requests. So for example, um, in my case, say my partner is going on a first date and I am feeling jealous as I watch him get ready to go. And as he's out and about, um, when he gets back, he can, um, reassure me, but of course I have to ask for that reassurance, um, I can say, you know, when I see that you are getting ready to go on a first date, I feel left out or I feel, um, yeah, just left out. I feel sad that I'm going, I feel like I'm afraid to be lonely when you're gone. Um, and then let's see what the needs are. Yeah, I feel left out because my need for whatever it, my need for reassurance is unmet. Um, would you be willing to reassure me that you'll be back in time and that we will get our time together? Um, so that's a good way to communicate what's happening, but in a very clear way, that's not saying you make me feel this way. You are doing this to make me feel this way. Like you, in this, this way of communicating, you're taking full responsibility of your own emotions as we should, and you're communicating them clearly, but you're also asking for what you need. And um, it's creating a safe space and it's very, it feels very non-confrontational. And I personally like that because I'm not a very confrontational person. Once I do get confrontational though, it, it becomes a very reactive, a very explosive, emotional 
bad time. Like nothing gets accomplished once I've I've reached that point. At, at that point, you know, it's the time to walk away and cool down because nothing will get accomplished. Um, and then I want to read something else about um, perspectives. So in a healthy relationship, the perspective shifts from one where each person is their own team to one in which both parties within the relationship are on the same team. They may have different needs or goals at times, but as a team, they prioritize the relationship with a willingness to be assertive and negotiate to find a resolution that meets both person's needs. So in communicating, what you're doing is you're strengthening this bond, you're strengthening this team, um, you're finding a resolution. So I think if you make it a priority to resolve, it becomes less about blaming each other or less about the emotional outbursts, you know, because now you have a priority for your discussion. Now you have an objective and that is to resolve, that is to um, find a way for everybody to have their needs met, for everybody to have their reassurance so that you can move on from this. And then also creating a plan for next time because there's always going to be a next time. Um, and I think that part is really important for me, that and reassurance. When I get my reassurance, I also need a plan of action. So I need to know how are you going to then reassure me next time? How are you going to make sure that you follow through on what you say you're going to do? So in that case, I would need my partner to say, so for example, if if my concern is that he won't be back in time for us to have our time together, for us to do what we had planned, uh, he can say, you know, I have my phone on me. Maybe I can set a timer or an alarm so that I know when I need to leave in order to be back in time. So that is a plan of action. Um, and that makes me feel better. Just that little action because then I know, okay, you know, if, cause I, I understand it's easy to lose track of time when you're on dates. Um, and of course I don't expect him to be on his phone the whole time checking the time, you know, cause I also don't want to take away from his dates. I want to make sure that he's fully present with his other partners and that he's enjoying himself. So I feel like that's a way, you know, where if he loses track of time, um, at least now I know, okay, well, he's going to have his phone's going to go off at a certain time. And I know that he's going to be back on his way home for us to do what we had planned. And I don't have to worry about it. So that's those are the little things. That's how I'm getting through it right now. Um, and I'm also open for that to change at some point. So it's you kind of deal with each situation as it comes Maybe each situation will trigger a different unmet need. So the way that you handle one scenario might be different from another scenario. But I think this nonviolent communication technique can work in, in any uh, scenario that you're experiencing jealousy in. And if you feel like you need to go further with asking certain questions, if your main 
experience with jealousy is anxiety and anxious racing thoughts, which in my case, that's what happens. Um, this, these are also good questions to ask yourself to write about or journal about, um, also from the same book. Um, so this is about challenging anxious thoughts. Uh, many of us have been indirect in our speech or overly aggressive due to the fear that we can't get our needs met or we won't be respected. Think about why you have communicated passively or passive aggressively in the past. What were you afraid of if you spoke the truth? For example, you may have been afraid to ask the person you were dating if they wanted to be exclusive because they, may, they might say no. This exercise can be completed in your journal anytime you are nervous about having a conversation. Think about a current situation you are afraid of or nervous to address. Um, so these are some questions you can ask yourself. What's the worst case scenario? If the worst case scenario happens, how will I cope? What is a more likely outcome? And how will I cope? What is the benefit of speaking up no matter the outcome? So these are questions that can really help pull you out of that anxious spiral of thoughts. Um, that what if that's creating even more anxiety, that vicious cycle of anxiety. Um, and I like this. I remember I used to ask myself, you know, the worst case scenario question in other situations. I just haven't actually applied it to when I experienced jealousy. Um, so let's say in my case, my partner is going out for the first time with a date, you know, with his first date. And let's say I'm worried about him not coming back in time for us to do whatever we had planned. Um, what's the worst case scenario? In that case, it would be that he would completely lose track of time and not be home on time. Then we would have to cancel our plans. And um, then I would be, you know, left out. I would feel ditched. I would, you know, felt like my time would have been wasted. So if the worst case scenario happens, how will I cope? And I like this question because it gives you a plan. You can create a plan of, of action um, so that if the worst case scenario does happen, you already know what to do. And then the next question, what is more likely, what is a more likely outcome kind of helps you to reframe the perspective and realize that the worst case scenario is actually not as likely to happen as you feel. But you're preparing these, the set of questions really prepares you to have a plan of how you're going to respond, how you're going to respond to the worst case scenario, how you're going to cope with the less, you know, the more likely outcome. Um, but also you're reassuring yourself that expressing yourself and speaking, um, clearly communicating is going to be good for you because what is the outcome of not speaking up? You know, you'll build resentment and tension in the relationship and it might even make your jealousy worse every time it happens. So knowing what the outcome of not speaking up would be will help to reassure you why you should speak up and why you should advocate for your needs, for your boundaries, 
and ask for that reassurance. So a few months ago, I did a poll or a question on my Instagram asking, how can we support our partners or how do we like to be supported when we are experiencing jealousy? Um, So I got some really good answers. Again, you guys always nail it with answering these questions. Um, So how do you handle it? How can you cope? How can you help your partner get through it? Um, let's see, to be open, honest with your partner and talk about it, despite how you feel, just get it out. I agree with that one. Um, create a list of reasons or actions to support or negate the idea that they don't value me. Um, reassure them, make it perfectly clear where your intentions and priorities are. Make them feel heard. Listen to their concerns without dismissing them or making them feel crazy. Um, clear communication. If a partner is having doubt, um, reach out to others for validation. A little reassurance and attention goes a long way. I find it helps to talk about it rather than try to avoid it and start spiraling in my own head. I remember that I'm not losing anything. I trust my spouse and I know where his priorities are. If I'm experiencing jealousy, I do like to have an open conversation with my spouse. And then somebody said, I suppress it to the depths of hell where it belongs. (laughs) Um, probably not the healthiest thing to do, but we all deal with things in different ways and it takes us, you know, we have our own, um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) We all, we all work through things at our own pace, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So it might be easy for someone to experience jealousy less than a handful of times before they get it, before they know how to get themselves out of it before they figure out what their trigger is, before they figure out how to ask for reassurance. Whereas it might take somebody, you know, more than a handful of times, 10 times to experience jealousy, 20 times before they figure it out. And that's okay. Um, These aren't things that are really taught to us, you know. And as adults, we tend to continue with patterns that we learned as kids that have just been ingrained into our subconscious. So practice self-compassion, of course, um, as you're working through this. But (sighs) what did you guys think? Um, For as much as this is requested, I I do think that a lot of people have already figured out what their triggers are and how to get through it. Um, And I think maybe in requesting this topic, some people think that There's this magical way to just not make jealousy happen at all, but it's part of the human experience. And I think we we all experience jealousy not only in romantic relationships, but in the workplace when maybe somebody else gets that promotion that you felt you deserved or in friendships or in family. Um... So if you're not in a romantic relationship, you can still learn how to work through these things in your everyday life. 
And if you're aware of your feelings, if you're aware of how, you know, your body, how it feels in your body, when you're feeling a certain way, you can kind of catch it. You learn to catch it before it gets to a point where it's really hard to get yourself out of it. So I feel pretty complete with everything I have said about jealousy. Um, I do want to leave you with a recommendation and a quote. There is an entire section on jealousy and navigating it in the book, The Ethical Slut. Um, I'm sure many, many of you have this book or have already read it, but I just want to remind you that you can always go back to all of these resources. Um, And I mean, it's a pretty thick section, so it covers a lot. Um, And lastly, I want to leave you with this quote from the book. Um, It's on page 135 in the um, first page of the chapter. So the quote goes like this. Let jealousy be your teacher. Jealousy can lead you to the very places where you need most healing. It can be your guide into your own dark side and show you the way to total self-realization. Jealousy can teach you how to live in peace with yourself and with the whole world if you let it. This is by Deborah Annapol from Love Without Limits. Wow, how are you feeling? Do you feel like you have better understanding of what jealousy is and how to navigate it? Uh, do you feel like you have it down, like you've, you've figured it out? Or do you feel like you need a little bit of time? Whatever the case, just remember that it's okay to be exactly where you are in this moment and to have self-love, self-compassion, and understand that just by showing up and being willing to do the work, you're already doing enough. And you're definitely going to see results if you keep keep showing up for yourself. <sighs> I feel like I learned a few things in connecting with other people on this topic, in reading this book, um, and knowing, you know, I, and I learn more and more about my own needs every day. And those needs change. But... Um, Either way, you know, we just, like I said way earlier in the episode, the pros overweigh the cons 1,000%. So this is something that we're willing to get through, you know, the very few times that it happens because all of those other amazing experiences that we have as a non-monogamous couple are so worth it. You know, there's so much more positive than the little moments that we have in jealousy or or conflict. So this is a choice that you have to make. It's a choice we're making. um, But just know that monogamy isn't going to completely eradicate jealousy. Like you're still going to experience it in, in everyday life situations. Again, not just romantic relationships. (sighs) Well, I really wish you guys a great day. I feel well rested today. I feel like my mental health is at a pretty good level today. I can hear birds outside, which 
is a good sign that spring is coming. Um, I'm excited for the time to change and for the sun to be out longer and for the days to get warmer. <sighs> I just live for summer and spring and I need, I need some sun. I need warmth. I need to be outside. <laughs> I think many of us can relate, but I really hope you enjoyed this episode and go back and take notes, write, really write down those questions, write down the nonviolent communication questions so that you can refer back to them. You know, if you ever have a moment of conflict or a moment where you feel like you need a little bit of help in communicating more clearly. All right. Well, that is it for today's episode. If you made it this far, I just want to say thank you so much. If you want to participate in my polls, questions, discussions, send me requests for posts or podcast episodes, make sure to follow me on Instagram at the Polly Pocket so that we can interact on there. Um, I post stories almost daily, very frequent uh, feed posts as well. So I'm just sharing my experience in non-monogamy. I'm sharing my experience in discovering my sexuality, embracing sensuality, um, and just, yeah, just sharing my experience. I have all of my links listed in the show notes. So for other information of where you can find me, just check the notes. Also, it helps me out a ton if you download your episodes and it also helps you. You can download the episode and then listen to it whenever is convenient for you. So I will be back next Thursday with another episode this is Polly in real life. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Really making up, yeah.